Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty is almost here and the reviews are glowing this will be a spoiler free look at what everybody is saying but this is a good time for Cyberpunk but not without some oddity with how Project Red is controlling the gameplay footage and what people can use. Cyberpunk 2077 2.0 also goes live today and we will be checking it out so be sure to check out that gameplay stream because many of the reviews in CD Projekt Red themselves are recommending a fresh start with the game. So we're going to be doing that. We're going to be diving in and starting fresh with it if you want to see what that looks like. We're going to be taking a look at the reviews as well in this video and the average scores, what we're seeing, why is everybody praising this so much, along with some of the complaints from folks like SkillUp and even a unique video from IGN about the B-roll versus raw gameplay situation and what they're allowed to use in their videos. Early access for the sake of a review continues to be a hot topic this year with how much the developers and the publishers control who can review and what they can show. Now I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video so you don't have to go looking for it and then I discuss it with the live audience. If you like longer videos like this or live discussions like this, make sure and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss my content. Well, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty is right around the corner, and we have pretty consistent trends and thoughts from the reviews. This is going to be a spoiler-free look at what people are saying, but we will also have some pushback. There is some criticism from review outlets and YouTubers about how the gameplay footage is being treated. It's not uncommon for publishers and developers to control what footage is seen or shown for their game. Typically, this happens in the early stages of marketing for shorter demos and hands-on previews. They give the press access to like a shorter play session. It tends to be an older build and it's just a vertical slice and so they don't want that to be seen by the greater public. In those instances, I think it makes sense but this is a review roundup. We're going to be looking at reviews. People were given access to the game ahead of time, the expansion ahead of time and some of the outlets and YouTubers are calling foul with how this is being controlled this time around. Now first what I want to do is a review roundup the scores are pretty consistent so we're going to be looking for specific feedback as well as recommendations on how to approach this expansion what should your expectations be if you are a new player or returning player or a longtime fan second we will consider the pushback on b-roll versus raw footage from reviewers i've dealt with this myself in the past and it's an ongoing conversation developers and publishers exercising control over who reviews the game or what is able to be seen has become a bit of a contentious discussion lastly I want to talk about why I am jumping back in and based on the feedback as well as their stream last week I want to talk about what I am hoping for I have false started with this game many times and I wanted to give it one last chance and then you know outline what I'm looking for and what I'm hoping to see so in the realm of the review roundup let's first look at what PC gamer is saying they gave Phantom Liberty as an expansion an 87 percent their original review of cyberpunk 2077 was a 78 percent now that's pretty much in line with where the game landed on steam at the time it was landing in like the low to mid 70s the PC community got a much better version of the game and they seemed to enjoy it a bit more than those that were on console, especially if you were on an old-gen console. So it is good to see that the score is landing close to a 90. I mean, an 87 is a very good score, and that's much higher than the original game with which they gave a 78. 
and the byline for the PC Gamer Review should catch RPG fans' attention. They said that, quote, Cyberpunk's first and only expansion is a tense spy thriller with some of the most grueling choices I've ever seen in an RPG. This shows promise for those who felt that the RPG elements of the vanilla game were not that impactful, and this extends beyond just Cyberpunk. A common trope in RPGs is that it doesn't really matter what you choose or what you do, the outcomes and the results are largely the same. It's worth pointing out that the reviewer, Ted Litchfield, had high demands of this expansion going in. Said this, Given Phantom Liberty's super spy theme, I expected, nay, demanded a good high society shindig infiltration level, and Cyberpunk 2077's first and only expansion pack delivered. So it's always encouraging when somebody approaches a game or a piece of content with high expectations, And then they have praise for the game afterward. Now, for those that are curious about trying out the 2.0 update before buying Phantom Liberty, you do have a nice window of time before Phantom Liberty comes out. PC Gamer had the following to say about the update. Cyberpunk 2077's 2.0 update, free to all players, has reforged the original looter shooter gear deluge and plus 5% poison resistant style perk system, giving us a more solid RPG whose under the hood systems better complement its shooting, slashing, and stealthing. This is one of the main things I'm looking for in the 2.0 update. After the stream about a week ago, I used their skill tree builder on the Cyberpunk website. It is called the Build Planner. I highly recommend you check it out before diving back in if you're wanting to kind of experiment or look at what you can do. There were great perks in there for a run and gun build, all right? And I'm that's that's how I'm going to play, right? I don't want to do the slashing or the hammer. It looks fun, but I'm I'm wanting to do the run and gun build. Now, keeping It's sort of vague without getting into spoilers. This is why the byline about grueling choices was written by PC Gamer. This is what he had to say. The main players in Phantom Liberty all think they're doing the right thing and that they don't have any other options, all while expecting you to back them up. And that eventually shakes out into one of the toughest choices I've had to make in an RPG. You have to betray someone. And both ending paths feature their own triumphs and gut punches. So there you have it. You actually have real choices in this. You have alternate endings depending on what you do. And these aren't like minor choices. This is going to feel pretty major in light of the story. After the cinematic trailer, I'm not surprised by this theme at all. Idris Elba killed it. I thought it was amazingly done and it really got my attention. I was like, okay, I actually want to play this. This story looks pretty interesting. And I like that they're giving the player choices within that betrayal storyline. There's no spoilers there to say, oh, there's some betrayal going on. All you got to do is watch that trailer and you know that was going to be a theme. He also, in this review, said that he enjoyed the way gigs worked in the expansion as far as like they were actually felt like they were worth doing and they were enjoyable. When it comes to the new location, Dogtown, he felt it should have been better integrated. I saw this echoed in a couple other reviews. He said the following, It makes sense that Dogtown's physically siloed off from the rest of Night City, but I found myself wishing it was either better integrated into the main game or other. The DLC really does have you doing much, doesn't, I'm sorry, doesn't have you doing much in Night City, proper, aside from running quick errands like delivering procedurally spawned cars for its new literal Grand Theft Auto minigame. 
So there are people that kind of thought, hey, this is the big send-off. Why would you not have us be doing more in Night City or more with the characters? And beyond just Night City, he thought the same thing about the characters. He said this, Cyberpunk's base game has a stellar cast, and while this is a separate story, it feels weird to have the game's effective send-off have such little interplay with characters like Judy, Rogue, Carrie, and even Takamura. So his conclusion is good, but overall thought, man... We should probably should have done a little bit more in the main game with the main characters. I don't think that's a very strong criticism. I think it's more of like a, man, I, this was such a potentially great game, and it's just now kind of putting everything right back to where everybody hoped it would be, and it's sort of an offshoot thing. So I, I kind of resonate with that criticism. I don't have a strong love for the main game, so maybe the update will make me enjoy the main game and I won't feel this way. I'll feel like, oh, there's a lot here. I can play the main game as well as this expansion content and I can enjoy both. Ultimately, his conclusion was this. I'm extremely pleased with Phantom Liberty. CD Projekt can hang with the big dogs when it comes to cinematic storytelling with a quality of writing and world building that I prefer to the likes of Sony's vaunted first-party lineup. Now, that's that's high praise, okay? We, we, we've said this before in some of my shows. You can't really go comparing narrative-driven games, action-adventure games, generally like third-party games and multi-plat games in general. They're hard to compare to Sony's first-party games, especially when it comes down to narrative and story and characters. They do a remarkable job. So after this review, I actually tried to find a negative review. I was like, okay, did anybody give this a low score? I couldn't find one. I like to typically give you a spectrum of like, here's somebody kind of gushing over the game or the content, and here's somebody who didn't like it that much, and maybe somebody in the middle. There's nobody, at least to my knowledge, I I, I couldn't find him. I couldn't find anybody giving it a low score. Now, I did find thegamer.com gave it a 4 out of 5, which is basically an 80%. Everything else I found was an 8.5 or a higher. So let's look at what thegamer.com had to say. 80% means, okay, they probably have some gripes and some criticisms. It's not exactly perfect or exceptional. Let's see what they have to say. Now, they list the cons along with the pros about the expansion. Let's just listen to the cons. They said that Phantom Liberty takes a while to get going with a Call of Duty-style cinematic opening that fails to highlight what the game does well. The second con is, there are some tedious quest moments. And the third con is, the climactic mission is a frustrating cat-and-mouse sequence that goes on way too long and leaves little room for role-playing. Okay, that's it. Those aren't those aren't pretty severe, but those are criticisms. You know, it does it doesn't seem like anything major. I, I can definitely resonate with the one that talked about like the frustrating cat and mouse sequence that goes on too long. I felt that way at the end of Modern Warfare 2. Uh, sometimes when you get this sort of blend of cinematics and gameplay, it can feel a bit like a quick time event where you're just kind of waiting to press the next button. Uh, overall, it does not sound like strong enough criticisms to avoid the expansion if you were already interested or if you were on the fence. Now, the pros listed by thegamer.com also is it's a longer list of things. Okay, the first thing they talk about is update 2.0 radically reworks the skill system, making the game more dynamic and exciting. I love that virtually every review I looked at spends time praising the 2.0 update. That's interesting because that's the undercurrent for Phantom Liberty. Phantom Liberty costs money. The update 2.0 does not. 
and you can check that out for free first before getting into Phantom Liberty. Now, the rest of their pros list, I think, is pretty good, too. They said, the world has much more going on, which makes the game feel significantly less empty. Dogtown is small enough that its location becomes memorable over the course of the playthrough. They added The added ending is moving and worth seeking out. And we have here, memorable main missions and side quests expand on the, what the game does best. We do have somebody on Metacritic who gave it a 70, so there is a lower score than the gamer. Somebody just put it in my Discord, so you're getting a live update in the middle of this monologue. So somebody did give it a 70. I didn't see that one. I was looking at all of the major outlets. I didn't I didn't see that one on Metacritic. So, my mistake, there is one lower. There is one at a 70. So, I want to buckshot now fly over what everybody is saying and let's see what this 70 score is saying let's see they say here phantom liberty has some great moments but it's ultimately a by the numbers spy thriller with an uninteresting cast that can't be saved by celebrity star power that is from attack of the fanboy so there's your buckshot flyover including a low score and something critical saying it's just not interesting it's pretty much by the numbers and that's from attack of the fanboy aptly named it seems since they're the lowest score out there thank you so much fuzzy for that on the fly update let's look at the rest of them here deserto gives it a five out of five stars and they call it a worthy return to night city and they concluded that cd project red has replaced as repeated its excellence of great dlc for their rpgs with cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty much like the witcher 3 wild hunt the developer has crafted a meaningful expansion on the base game they've clearly learned from their mistakes listened to the community and expanded the game to provide a larger than life experience for its devoted fan base IGN gave it a 9 they said that Phantom Liberty completes an immense turnaround for CD Projekt Red's future RPG kickstarted with the anime spinoff Edge Runners and the latest 2.0 update Rock Paper Shotgun went pretty high. They actually said in their description, their title of their review is Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty Review, perhaps the best expansion pack ever made. And lastly, Game Informer gave it an 8.5, and they said that Phantom Liberty succeeds as another 20 hours of great adventure in Night City, and coupled with Cyberpunk 2077's new update 2.0, a culmination of three years of hard work, it makes a strong case for a return to Night City. For experienced mercs and rolls out the red carpet for CD Projekt Red to showcase to newcomers all it's done to improve Cyberpunk 2077. So needless to say, okay, if you're a longtime Cyberpunk fan, you are going to be eating really well in this expansion. If you've never played Cyberpunk 2077, Update 2.0 is a good enough reason to try the game before getting into the expansion especially if you're like me you already own the game now i fall started with this game a handful of times update 2.0 presents a sort of one last chance moment for the game for folks like myself i've always been jealous of the people that enjoy this game i'm like man there's so much game there there's so much replay value and it just never got its hooks in me all right in other words as far as we can tell here, CD Projekt Red seemingly pulled off the impossible. This isn't quite the redemption arc that No Man's Sky pulled off, but it feels like it's in the same ballpark, at least. Now, all of the praise is not without controversy. So, controversy is probably a bit of an overstatement, but 
given the game's history, I find their choice to restrict what reviewers can show to be a strange one. And this time, they are not accepting the decision quietly. The choice is especially strange considering how good the expansion allegedly is. To have review outlets and YouTubers giving you basically eights and up, but they're unable to show their own gameplay, it's truly baffling. Maybe they were a bit gun-shy after what happened with their launch last time. Maybe they were worried that people were going to be overly critical or be hunting for bugs and glitches to showcase, and they didn't want that to be the focal point. It seems strange after all their confidence and all their marketing. Here is what SkillUp had to say. Okay, I got a nice big tweet for you. So SkillUp was one of the first people to talk about this. We also have a a video from IGN. He says, My Cyberpunk review will be live next week. CD Projekt Red have, yet again, restricted review footage to provided B-roll only. We are not allowed to use our captured gameplay until next week. No publisher or developer should ever impose that restriction in a review. It's BS. Reviews are where we showcase our experience, particularly as it pertains to actual visuals, performance, stability, ETC. They are not a space for developers to showcase more carefully selected B-roll. The good news is that this time around, CD Projekt Red have nothing to hide. The game's performance and stability is excellent, but that doesn't change the fact that reviews should never be limited to B-roll only. We cannot let it become an industry standard. Now, I want to center in on the second thing that he said here in the second tweet, okay? Because reviews... And controlling reviews has been a debate and discussion recently. And I have to say, I 100% agree with what SkillUp is saying. If you want to use B-roll for previews, that's totally fine. A preview is not a review. It is typically an early and carefully sliced off piece of the game. It's usually an old build with known issues. A review is meant to tell folks what the game is like. And they can't really do that with heavily curated B-roll. It also makes the videos extremely canned because everyone has the same footage. I'm using ACG's video, and he literally opens up the video and is like, yep, this is B-roll. Like, he's kind of drawing attention to it as well as soon as his video starts. Canned footage is something that you just sort of start to think, okay, well, every review is basically the same. The Spider-Man 2 previews are a great example of this. Everyone's providing their feedback, but after, like, the second video, you say, okay, I've seen all this footage already. And again... That's fine for previews. A preview comes out a lot earlier than a review. Reviews usually land within one week to 24 hours of the release of whatever it is that we're looking at, whether it's an expansion or a full game. Previews are usually a couple months ahead of time, and that's why it's okay to be more protective of what you let people show the public. Again, previews are also usually done at like a capture event where they have a slice of the game and it's more like a demo, and that's not necessarily worthy of showing the public. I, in my mind, leave the matter you know, to to the hands of the developers and the publishers to start to actually handle this, and I think, in a better way with review outlets. But it didn't end there. IGN uploaded a video, and the title of their video is No IGN Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty Video Review Yet. Here's why. So they're like, listen, we don't have a, a video review of Phantom Liberty yet. They have a written review, but they're like, we don't have a video. In a quick three-minute video, Tom Marks, the senior reviews editor, he explains why they are waiting to upload. The response to the video has been overwhelmingly positive. 
folks appreciating the transparency, but also expressing concern about the expansion over this. They're like, well, what are they trying to hide? Well, according to SkillUp, they're not trying to hide anything. It's great. So from where I sit, this is a valuable lesson to CD Projekt Red and other developers and publishers. Gaming outlets and YouTubers who are big enough, well, they can just simply wait and they'll still get good viewership, okay? They will probably draw attention to the fact that you're controlling what is shown and that's not really the headline that you want. I hope more gaming outlets and YouTubers start taking a stand on this going forward. Stop kowtowing. Stop bending down to the knee and bending the knee to these developers and publishers. We don't need them. They need us. You can't blacklist the entire gaming media. I could definitely see others looking at this as a great opportunity. If you publish your video review, well, you have less competition on YouTube, right? You have less videos hitting the search results. So, and you don't want to get risked as being a troublemaker, right? If you start making trouble with the publisher or developer, other publishers and developers are going to say, well, don't send that person a a key because they you know they're they're uh, they're they're being critical they're they're a bit of a troublemaker it's sort of an us versus them scenario there's a continued risk of problem i think within gaming journalism right now even recently we saw this with the xbox leaks some outlets and youtubers were just refusing to cover certain aspects and instead they wrote puff pieces about here's all the leaked games coming hopefully this can serve as a moment of some solidarity and maybe begin a better era for game reviews and game reporting. Now lastly, this is what I'm hoping to see in 2.0, right? I'm not even looking necessarily at Phantom Liberty just yet, but I'm primarily thinking about Cyberpunk 2077 2.0 update. What am I looking for? I'll be honest. The stream last week excited me with the cinematic. Idris Elba's fantastic. The story setup looks solid. But then the rest of the stream left me wanting something specific. And I think this is reasonable. I wanted shooting and updates to that aspect of the game to be showcased. They showed three different builds, and they all centered around melee to a certain degree. Hack and slash, there was a sword build, and then there was a hammer build. Okay, we, we What I got into that date was a strange and bewildering debate about how, well, cyberpunk is an RPG, it's not a shooter, as if those two things are mutually exclusive. But then I went and I looked at the build planner on their website. In very short order, I came up with what looked like a very fun run-and-gun build. And those saying that this game is not a shooter, then why are there entire skill trees and, and, and capstones for shooting? It's a huge aspect, not just of the game, but of the original marketing. And and why would we make excuses for shooting feeling bad because it's an RPG? The shootings never felt particularly strong in Cyberpunk and justifying that by saying, "Oh, well it's an RPG." There are plenty of RPGs that have guns, bows and arrows, and melee combat. We do not excuse bad or clunky melee combat or bad or clunky gunplay just because it's an RPG. The same could go for, I think, shooting or hack and slash builds in any game. If it doesn't feel good, we don't defend it and say, oh, well, it's an RPG. One thing I'm immediately going to be weighing and testing is that. Does the shooting at a base level feel better than it did in the vanilla game? Does the reflexes skill tree and its capstones, does it actually feel impactful? One of the capstones is literally called Submachine Fun. A lot of that skill tree actually reminds me of the Axton skill tree from Borderlands 2. 
if in my mind that's an important thing because that's how I want to play the game if you have entire skill trees and capstones dedicated to guns and shooting then I hope it feels good because that's drawing to me if everybody just ignores those skill trees and those capstones and says no melee is the way to go I still find that to be a very lopsided way to have the game built if that aspect of the 2.0 update can hook me, well then I really want to go the distance and play and dive into Phantom Liberty. I've grown to enjoy story-driven games with dialogue a lot more recently. In times past, they were certainly not my type of game. But the right game can convert you even to enjoy something like a Souls-like game. If you play the right game, all of a sudden you want more games like that. And the same could be said, I think, for dialogue-heavy, cutscene-heavy, story-driven games. Play the right game you suddenly have an affinity for them. So, after all it's said and done, it seems like the 2.0 update is well worth a look. And more than that, Phantom Liberty feels like a genuine turning point for the game. And regardless of how I feel about the update and the expansion, I think that is something worth celebrating. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusion here. The reviews, and they're they're not just consistent review scores, okay? They're consistent in what they praise. A free update that truly helps the game turn a corner, a story, a new area, missions, side quests that actually feel worthy of your time. No matter what you think about Cyberpunk, the expansion and the praise it's getting is desperately needed. Ending on a high note is precisely the note that they would like to send this franchise off into the sunset at least for a little while. We know they want to return to Cyberpunk as an IP in the future, and this is the right way to end the current era. The second thing I'm going to say is, the ongoing discussion and discourse surrounding game reviews is an important one, but like many things, it requires an agreement on standards and unity and even solidarity within the gaming press and amongst YouTubers. It's honestly not likely going to happen. Publishers and developers will always be able to find willing YouTubers and willing game outlets to abide by their restrictions. And this is not even getting into the entanglements of journalists who are now glorified bloggers who farm ad revenue by being a mouthpiece for developers and publishers and these relationships are not disclosed which is highly unethical perhaps the chink in the armor can be the current and growing consensus about how game reviews are handled if enough large outlets and enough large youtubers speak out we might see the rudder turn on the current situation my conclusion is this as far as i can tell cd project red achieved what many devs wish they could do they got a second chance after a colossal failure Does that mean that you should give them a second chance? Does that mean you should give them your money? Does that mean that the original marketing has finally landed and we got what we were promised? Well, no, not necessarily. But from where I sit, passionately committing to fixing, improving, and adding to your game is something to be commended. All too often, these things come down to poor leadership, and it's not ultimately on the devs. I think we can see that evidenced in Jedi Survivor and what recently happened with that game. They committed to fixing it, it clearly came out too early, and after they fixed the glaring issues, the director is leaving. That tells me they were forced to launch the game before it was ready, which is why I continue to look at games like this and think, if the developers are going to commit to fixing it, we should champion that as a way to communicate to publishers that they should let games come out when they're ready. You'll get better reception, and likely, you'll get more money. So, does Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty represent a larger change in the industry? I, I don't know. Hopefully, right? Maybe. But at the very least, we can say it's a change for the game that is huge, and the fans who love it, this is what they've been waiting for. And I think that is worth talking about. 
and that's the show open thank you guys so much for being here good morning good afternoon and good evening make sure you're smashing the like button it's a cyberpunkian day and it is now 10 o'clock we have heard that the update 2.0 is going live sometime today so i'm going to be consistently picking up my playstation controller and checking for the update i know they're doing some kind of a stream and then the update's supposed to be going live at the end of that stream so i would love to know what you guys think about this the consistent consensus here is that this is a great expansion one of the best this is another return of cd project red doing really really good dlc and really really good expansions no fuzzy you did totally fine that was really helpful for me to be able to add in the fact that no 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 hang on somebody gave it a 70 and that ended up in my buckshot rundown of like here's what everybody said no i appreciated that fuzzy that was good work that i like i was able to fold that in that wasn't distracting uh at all so guys if you have never been here before let's get the daily goal up and good news good news let's go here and the current member count is now higher it's now higher we are at 2600 which means fight night is close at hand if you guys hit 3000 members you unlock fight night and then we have membership goals beyond that so thank you guys so much for being here who wants to shoot first on that member goal this morning by gifting a member make sure I'm going to make sure there were no um super chats or anything during the show open okay there weren't you guys are learning not to do that during the show open that's good that's good because i won't read it when i'm in the middle of that opening monologue so who's diving in what are you hoping to see what are you hoping to to to, to do with your build what are you going to do first joker quinn snags it han shot first and so did you thank you so much joker quinn and it goes to will fields and that's the first member on the day on our way to that 25 every 25 i give five we have been hitting that very consistently lately i feel like you guys are in a holding pattern waiting to have one of those big days where that thing goes triple digits over there solemn says and thank you left control gaming for doing a member plus we did not do the writer's room yesterday but we will likely be able to do that today today's writer's room will be very different because we've already booked tomorrow so we'll probably just talk to the stream and the chat about what we're going to be doing tomorrow that's a great reason to upgrade to member plus the writer's room is different from the daily debrief. We haven't been doing daily debriefs this week purely because we've been doing gameplay instead. If we do a second stream and it's gameplay or like a talk show, we can't do the debrief because the debrief gets eaten up. So you get the same amount of live time as a member. And then if you're a member plus, you get like that extra new feature at the end of the day. You're going to dive in with a stealth driven pistol melee hack build. Left Control Gaming says there I upgraded. Thank you. I'm jumping into the DLC when it launches, says Solemn. I'm going to do a gun build because melee is good, but it doesn't offer enough variety in gameplay for me long term. There's Zach Johnson doing a member plus. Thank you guys so much for upgrading to member plus. Listen, the member plus is a great way to get out of you get out of the um, the gifted member pool. That's one of the best reasons to do it is when you're in that gifted member pool, you're going to consistently get people that gift members to you. And if you want to pick up your own membership to make room for others, that is a great way to do it. Uh, I am wearing, I forgot to update this day, into the AM. Uh, Let's see here. Use code. Now, I don't want to capitalize the word use. Use 
code LONO for 10% off. If you guys ever go to intotheam.com slash LONO, or if you just go to intotheam.com, you can use code LONO for 10% off. And I wore uh, a shirt that I felt was, it was about as cyberpunkian as I could get. I don't really have any. I, I have one, but I couldn't find it. It's a little bit more cyberpunk. Okay, so 2.0 drops at 11 a.m. Eastern. That's perfect. We're going to be diving in to Cyberpunk 2077 2.0 update today live. You're going to be able to see a fresh start. What's it look like? What have they reworked? How's it feel? I'll download that update at 11 and we'll go live with the gameplay probably about an hour later so we can sit here and hang out and chat for a couple of hours about the game and debate whether or not, you know, the vanilla the, the debate we had the other day was remarkable. People saying that it wasn't a shooter. I was not really sure where that came from. Also, before we really debate that, I don't really want to debate that yet. I'm happy to debate that again because that was a smaller group of people that was sort of at the end of a stream. What do you guys think about the fact I'll be playing on the PlayStation 5? I will be playing as a female V, yes, because I know her voice actor is better from everything I've heard. I want to know what you guys think about CD Projekt Red controlling what people can use. Another gifted member, a single gifted member from Roic. Thank you so much for doing that. And that takes us to two on the day. Thank you very much. What do you think about them controlling what people can show? Skill Up takes a very, very strong stance. I will be starting from scratch, yes. Fuzzy says, I'm looking forward to starting it from the beginning, totally taking CD Projekt Red's advice, and I'm going to work through the world fresh. Uh, haven't played since release. Another gifted member from True SSJ Havoc. Thank you guys so much. You guys could single gift all the way to the big goals. We do not need the guys coming in dropping huge bombs, although you can tempt them if you do some layups. Uh, I haven't played since the release. I'm excited to see all the cumulative changes. Assume Parasite says it's BS. It makes me not trust them. Yeah, the interesting thing was, Skill Up was like, they didn't even need to do this. Thank you, Biggie Smalls, for upgrading the member plus. I appreciate that. I just randomly got this guy's YouTube video. He has a lot of common sense. Plus, I'm good with someone that can use English language without excessive cursing. That shows intelligence. This is a safer work broadcast. I only swear in members-only content very infrequently. I do a Friday night stream with my wife. That one can get a little bit, you know different than the vibe here you know we might joke and i might swear a little bit more there but you will not hear swear words during these public streams it is a safer work broadcast a lot of people treat me like a podcast like a radio show where they can just kind of throw me on in the background of the day joker quinn with a five dollar super chat says i left my ps5 on rest mode so 2.0 is ready when i get home insanely stoked for this we'll be starting over i will be playing on ps5 yes yes here let me show you guys hang on let's go here and then there i'm waiting i'm waiting to download the update as we as we speak as we speak so we are uh we're good to go eugene says console players deserve console footage uh this just further makes me unwilling to support anything that they do i mean there's a larger discussion here right like we can sit here and take swings i mean i'm not saying that that, that cd project red is unique in this situation i'm not They are not the only company that tries to control what is said, what is seen, who is getting the content. I think there's a larger discussion to be had here about the gaming press in general because it's like, Skill Up is like, I don't even understand. He's like, this is actually good. This is one of the rare times where it's like, it's not worth worth doing this. It's not worth hiding it. You should be 
out there on Main Street letting people see the raw gameplay. I subscribed. I know YouTube discourages cursing, uh, but it doesn't stop most YouTubers. Thanks for the response. No problem, Eric. Thank you for being here. The update for 2.0 goes live in about 45 minutes, No Face Lord, for you to download. Russell says, I don't mind the control, but it was pretty late notice, right? I imagine that's frustrating for anyone that was already putting their footage together. Yeah, it sounded like they already had made their reviews. That's also interesting. I don't know if that's true or not, Russell, but you'll look on Steam. Okay, I thank you for the $2 Super Chat uh, havoc. I Like... It did sound like these these companies had already made their reviews. It was like, wait a minute, we can't use... Which is really interesting. It's like, why wouldn't you have, you have told these people that ahead of time? Typically, that's what you do, right? You you tell people ahead of time, like, no, you, you can't use your own footage. You have to use the footage that we provided you with. So I don't know if they, if they surprised people with that. Yo, Cat Uncle jumps in as a brand new member. Single member comes in and that is a member plus as well that's the way to do it start out at member plus if you've never done a membership on youtube before try it out for a month six bucks you get into every single piece of content that i make that includes the writer's room where we plan the next day's shows that includes streams with my wife so consider doing that it supports the stream directly this is not a large youtube channel we are growing but i do this full time and the members make it possible I think we lost the passion of gaming after how great Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok were. I'm, I'm not sure what you mean. You, you think in that amount of time, in just 12 months, we've lost the passion for gaming? You gotta flesh that out for me. What exactly are you talking about? This has been, 2023 has been one of the greatest years in gaming of probably the last decade. As far as the number of games we're getting, the quality of the games that we're getting, now that Jedi Survivor is basically fixed on console, this is probably my favorite year in gaming in, I don't even know, I, I honestly couldn't tell you, 10 or 15 years this has been one of the strongest years in gaming oh, we had some coffee orders yesterday I printed those off, I printed off uh, Zubair and it was somebody else I printed off both those orders uh, yesterday ACG had text blurred out on his B-roll, so there seems to be a lot of spoily stuff, I don't know though yeah, he's always really good to not spoil stuff that's why I wanted to use his uh, his footage. I, I I don't. I feel like I can. I feel like I can usually trust certain certain YouTubers to not just throw blatant spoilers in their content. There's so much to play now; it's overwhelming. Yeah, I'm at like 25 or 26 hours in Jedi Survivor. I put down uh, Final Fantasy 16 for a little bit. I'm wait, I'm hoping for a performance patch on that game. I'm at about 15 or 16 hours in that. I put about 45 hours into Hogwarts. And I don't have a lot of time to game. I really don't. And that's one of the reasons that it's so difficult for a year like this. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so much to play. What you know? What do, what do I play first? I would really like to finish Lies of P. I really liked that game. I had some minor gripes about the opening, you know, and some Dark Souls tropes. But and now Cyberpunk 2.0. Do I need to restart, did they say? So, Havoc with a $2 Super Chat tip, asking the million-dollar question. And Scott Baker upgrades to Member Plus. Thank you so much, Scott Baker. Guys, we're getting such a good response to Member Plus. I would love to see. We have about 2,600 members. I would love to see us get to about 1,000 people on Member Plus. I think that would be really important for a lot of what we're trying to do and a lot of the content that we're trying to make. You really give us a lot of freedom when you do that. And it also gets way more people into the new member bucket every month because we have so many generations people gifting every single month so million dollar question should you start over all of the reviewers as well as cd project red 
are encouraging you to start fresh. Yes. They're saying, yep, start over. Start a brand new save from the beginning. Now, if you want to jump into Phantom Liberty, it's going to take about 10 hours. You got to get about 10 hours in. You got to do a certain number of missions and get to a certain point, And then you can jump into Dogtown and the Phantom Liberty story. It takes way, you know, it takes part, you know, I think they said like midway in the story or whatever. I feel like the new perks will make your old save file really confusing. I don't know how that even gets applied. I would imagine you would boot up and they would be like, you got to rebuild your character because it's completely different now. Start over, that's what I did. A lot of people are starting over. I played Cyberpunk on Stadia and had a blast with it. Got a full refund when Stadia shut down. So now I'll give it a chance with a fresh playthrough on the PS5. Brooklyn Breed says, I'm going to start fresh on the Series X. I don't know where I played. I got all the way through the opening. I put in, I think, roughly 10 hours and I don't know where I played. Now, do, do you lose the hours tracked on a game once you uninstall it on your PlayStation? My PlayStation 5 shows that I played for an hour. So I think I booted up on PlayStation once they pushed out the upgrade. Oh, I wonder, was I playing the PlayStation 4 version and I played the PlayStation 5 version for an hour? Is that what happened? Is that how it tracks on on the console, on the PlayStation? Because I'm actually curious about that. Can I go to version or something? Oh, select version. Yeah, let me go to the PS4 version. PS4 version I played for five hours, it says. So five hours on the PS4 version, one hour on the PS5 version, and then I believe I also played on my Xbox. I think? I think? I got... I I know I played more than five hours because I got all the way past all that stuff. I got all the way to Johnny Silverhand and past Johnny Silverhand. I don't know if you can do that in five hours. Maybe it was... I thought for sure I played more than that. Maybe I was playing off stream on I don't know I don't own the game on Steam, so I'm not sure where, but it does split your playtime on the PlayStation. When 2.0 launches, you load up an old save, all your perks will be reset, but you'll be able to reassign them, says Mac2099. So for those of you that don't start over, that right there is your answer. That's how it's gonna work. The Reforge VIP membership I can't afford yet, sadly. VIP is not what's necessary. You want member plus. Member plus is six bucks. Member plus is six bucks. You can under five hours? Well, maybe it was. Maybe it said I played six hours. I thought I hit the 10 hour mark. Maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. I, it's hard to remember because I went back into the game. I played the game four different times on stream. I've gone back multiple times. There was like the first and second time. Then there was a third time they did some kind of an update and we wanted to check it out. And then I went back for about an hour when they did the next gen update. Because <clears throat> the game never had like a next gen version on PS5. I'll be saving Phantom Liberty until after I finish the story in the base game. If you guys have ray tracing capable rig, then play on that. Otherwise, anywhere is fine. It's really tempting to buy this on my PC to see all the all the beauty and all the goodness, but I want to see if 2.0 wins me over before I do that. You know what I'm saying? Like I know the new D, the new DLSS stuff. I could probably get quite a bit out of my 2080 Ti in this game. Uh, DLSS gets gets a lot out of weaker, you know, or older cards. Not that the 2080 Ti is weak, but it's 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 one of the lower or more mid-level cards now. I said I should say mid-level, I guess. I'm going to restart with a 2.0 update, but woof, that prologue is tedious. That was the main issue I kept having trouble getting into it, and people kept saying, keep going, keep going, keep going, and it was like, I finally got out of the opening, 
and I, I remember I remember playing on on the new the next gen update, and I was just like, I just feel like the the world's dead. I don't feel like the game performs all that well, right? You're worried about losing access to your game purchases in ten to twenty years if discs go away. I'm worried about society not existing at all in 10 to 20 years. We are not the same. The reason the debate over physical discs versus digital games really doesn't concern me. Okay. So he's a fatalist? All right. Interesting ideological argument. (laughs) Well, not even really an argument. (laughs) If you force yourself through Starfield, then you can easily do the same for Cyberpunk 2077. (laughs) That's not the ringing endorsement that I think people want to hear. Did you get a copy on Go- No, uh-uh. GOG, uh-uh. I'm replaying Control at the moment with HDR improved ray tracing patch that got refreshed. Alan Wake 2's fantastic game. Yeah, Control's wonderful game. Parasito says, you'll still want to upgrade your rig. You'll likely notice frame drops and hitches at load points with your older specs. I am not opposed to upgrading to a beastly gaming rig, Parasito. We re-upped on some coffee and some other expenses lately, so I'm trying to space. I'm trying to space out business expenses, right? We we got into a better place so that I could start making those decisions to be like, oh, we could we could add something to the business or do this or that. Like there was a while there where we had to like really pinch the pennies, and I couldn't do any of that. So, but whenever we re-up on the coffee, I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't want to buy a computer right now. <laughs> I just re-upped on the coffee. <laughs> That's not cheap. So, a lot of cyberpunk is vibes-based. If the vibe doesn't grab you, the game may not be for you. I could definitely feel that. I was encouraging my cousin uh, recently through a text message to play Ori, and he was like, it just doesn't hook me. And I'm like, how does it not hook you? It's, it's such an amazing game. But I think sometimes vibe is important, right? I fall started with Hollow Knight two times, and then somebody helped me out during a live stream, get the quill and the compass, and then I was in. I was like, this is great. It's one of my favorite Metroidvanias. So, uh, Bank of Lono is not currently issuing new loans. No, sorry, sorry. And unfortunately, I can't buy a brand new PC with accountability. Apparently, you can measure accountability and that that counts as money. So, (laughs) I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the, my local PC shop. I'm like, how y'all doing? Uh, I would love to pay you in accountability. What that means is, it's not really clear, but I, I have a good percentage of it, and I would like to pay with that. I can agree the vibe is what got me through 120 hours of Cyberpunk at launch. The vibe alone? That's how I'm with Hellblade. I tried it because you gush about it, but it doesn't hook me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hellblade's definitely different. Like, if you put on the headphones and the opening hour... If the opening hour of Hellblade doesn't hook you and you're wearing headphones... Yeah, you're probably not going to like the game. We will be playing Cyberpunk today. The Cyberpunk 2077 2.0 update goes live in about a half an hour. I'm going to download it, and uh, and then I'm gonna we're going to go... That'll be a separate stream. I need someone to explain the accountability margin. <laughs> I think we would all love an explanation about that. I mean, can we get some accountability credit cards from the, from the bank? I would, man, I'd be swiping that thing left and right, dude. You know what I mean? I would be swiping that thing left and right. You know? Put it on the card, babe. We don't have any money. Babe, we don't need money. We have accountability. (laughs) I I wanna see some skits, you know. Mm -mm 
right, all right, all right. Let, let's let's have let's have a, let's have the discussion. Let's do it. Let's do it. I I, I want to do this. I want to do this. Is Cyberpunk is is it a shooter? <laughs> I know some of you are gonna groan. I know some of you are gonna groan. But like, can't a game be both an RPG and a shooter? Can it be both? Isn't is that allowed? I feel like that's allowed. I feel like my expectations for this game to have good shooting is is uh is a fair thing. Can you explain the accountability thing? There's just some chart that shows Nintendo and PlayStation's profit margins and then Xbox has an accountability margin and like nobody knows what that is. So everybody's celebrating. They're like, "Yeah, Xbox is doing great." And it's like, "We don't freaking know what that is." <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm just making fun of it because everybody was running around on Twitter celebrating and trying to throw it in people's faces and it's like, man, y'all need to redefine print. <laughs> it can be both. If you can shoot, it's a shooter. Uh, it can't be a shooter if it doesn't work. Might as well have a bar graph that rates pies that's side by side with a pie chart that rates bars. It's actually referred to as a contributory margin in the business world, but I don't think a bank will accept it. (laughs) I have so much of it, though. Borderlands is not an RPG. It's a looter shooter. Now, hang on, though, Kieran. I got a question about this because uh, Otavio Cruz with a 10 spot says, tried on GeForce Now, no new rig required. I've heard really good things about GeForce Now. Uh, Thank you so much for the super chat. So here, here's here's my question though, Kyrian, because I've been thinking about this. I have been thinking about this. We had that debate the other day, and I was like, "What? What in the world? Why do people draw such bright lines about like this this kind of a thing?" I went through their their skill tree builder, their build planner on the Cyberpunk website, and their reflexes skill tree has so much that you can do to make shooting awesome. Okay, the one skill tree is very similar to, and I love that you brought up Borderlands. It's really similar to Axton's skill tree in Borderlands 2. Increasing reload and crit speed and speed and fire rate and all of that, right? You're, you're going for like a, a real a real looty-shooty build, you know? So, saying that Borderlands is not an RPG, it's a looter shooter, why, would, why do we need to draw those categories? How do those categories help? Because I feel like it's both. I don't feel like, well, because it's a looter shooter, it can't be an RPG. What do you mean? There's skill trees. The skill trees have capstones. You level up. There are guns with stats. There are gear. There's gear with stats, like a shield. There's a there's a mod thing. And those have specific stats that then influence your skills. Those skills then influence the guns that you use. So that's I, I guess that's just my question is it's like, why why do we need those categories can't a game be both borderlands is both a looter shooter but that doesn't mean oh you can't check the rpg box now it's like well no it's also an rpg you literally look at tiny tina wonderlands as an example like it's literally an rpg you're clicking you're picking classes that have abilities and they're they're very very like oriented around even classic dnd a little bit like not it's not rigid but like it's inspired by so that's what I don't get. Isn't Borderlands on rail story? Can you change the story at all? But, but does that is that that's the definer of an RPG? I have to be able to change the story. Like, I I I Skyrim is an RPG, and that was one of the main complaints is you don't really change anything. 
you can choose everything. You, you, your, your choices have ramifications, but not really. That was always a criticism that people made about Skyrim. There was like, well, you can pretty much do whatever you want. There is no restrictions once you make a decision. Cyberpunk's main categorization would be an ARPG. It's a shooter as well. You could consider that a subcategory. I mean, I guess you could consider it a subcategory. I consider them like identity markers. It's like it's got all these different things about it that 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 makes it multiple things. Borderlands created the genre of looter shooter. It was built to be an RPG. Yeah, if you go back and listen to Randy Pitchford's original sort of birth of Borderlands, it was on like a napkin in a restaurant and he envisioned Diablo with guns. Well, what's that? That's an RPG. And before somebody brings up Baldur's Gate, but Baldur's Gate is an RPG. It's a CRPG, right? It's considered a, a computer RPG. Some people think that means classic RPG, which I guess you could probably say that. Not the RPG debate again. I I would rather have a discussion. I'm trying to understand why people draw these bright lines. Like, what's the point? Compare the gameplay loop of Borderlands to Cyberpunk. Very different. Okay, but that's not how you define a category. You can have different gameplay loops and still have similar categories. It's because RPG to some means more, I guess. But I completely agree with you. Eugene says, I would be down for that classification. If you can't change the story by your decisions, then it's not an RPG. But there's so many RPGs that then are not RPGs. Can you ch- you can you can't change the story? You can't change the story in Horizon Forbidden West. We would still call it an action RPG. You can't. The outcome of that game is the same. Now there's minor outcome changes I think that you can alter depending on what you do with some of the side quests, side stories and side characters, but generally speaking, no, the the, the story is the story. You got to the end, I got to the end, we basically got the same ending. We got the same thing before the credits rolled. The same boss dies, the same the same climax happens, and you're like, yeah, it's an ARPG. You know, yeah, Jedi Survivor, Jedi Fallen Order. I, it, well, yeah, Jedi Fallen Order, when I got to the end of that game, I was like, okay, uh, you got the same ending as me, and we would still call that an ARPG. Is Red Dead Redemption 2 an RPG then? No. I mean, how is Red Dead Redemption uh, classified? RPGs evolved out of tabletop games where you change the story. Sure, but one of the reasons that we took the idea of RPG and put it in video game form was more than that. That's a nice bright line. No, you're taking one classification and using it. I don't think that's I don't think that's appropriate because there are other things that happen in a tabletop RPG. There's dice rolling. There's RNG, there's classes, there's abilities, there's skills. You can change the story. You're grabbing one thing out of the bunch and saying, you need this to be an RPG. Okay, what about the dice rolling? What about the RNG? What about the abilities? What about the ability to have the character level up and get stronger? None of that, none of that is present in every single game where you can change the story. Even there are telltale games where you can change the story. Is that an RPG? There's no dice rolling. There's no abilities. There's no there's no leveling up. There's no skills. It's just a story, a point and click story where you you can you can change the outcome. There are plenty of point and click choose your own adventure style games, and those are RPGs over over games like like Skyrim. 
Skyrim's not an RPG because you can't ultimately change the story in Skyrim. It's the same outcome. You can have a different story than mine, but you can't really change it. It's it's the it's the fundamental same outcome every single time. Parasito says, I think RPG is exactly that. A main story role that you play in a game. It doesn't mean you get to choose your own role. That opens the door to almost all games being an RPG, though. By that logic, none of the Final Fantasies are an RPG. You can't change the story in any of them. Yeah, like classic turn-based Final Fantasies. You don't change the story in that. I'm not saying that's a classification. I'm saying it's one that I'd prefer. Well, then there'd be almost no RPGs then, Eugene. There'd be almost none. Final Fantasy never lets you change the story. You trying to say that's not an RPG? Oh, yeah, you guys are agreeing. Every Souls game? Yeah, that's the other question then, Eugene. Are you saying I need to be able to change the ending or just have alternate endings? Because like Elden Ring has alternate endings, but it's the same basic ending. Do you see what I'm saying? I think people make the classification of RPG too strict to their feeling of preference as preacher. RPG simply means role-playing game. Assume a role, live in the world. Well... I think within gamer colloquialisms, we've used RPG for games where you level up, have skills in a skill tree, have abilities, and oftentimes there's also some semblance of loot that you get and equip. Those are typically the markers that you see in an RPG. It's not just, oh, it's a role-playing game, okay? I, I, I'm playing the role of Mario in Super Mario Bros. 3. Nobody would call that an RPG. They would say, well, no, it's a pla- it's a side-scrolling platformer. It's a side-scrolling platformer. There's no RPG elements. I don't have a skill tree. I don't have any level. I'm not leveling up, right? I think the issue, says Solemn, is that uh, in the, is the more linear a game is, the less people like to consider an RPG because we consider traditional RPGs the benchmark of what we compare an RPG to. RPG can be if you have full customization with your character or taking the role of the RPG seriously. Well, like, let's take Cyberpunk as an example. In Cyberpunk, you choose between a a male and female, but you're always V. You are always V, and you have abilities, you have skill trees, you have choices within those skill trees, you have choices within the dialogue. Choices within the dialogue change the responses that you get. And this, Phantom Liberty, Phantom Liberty actually has meaningful choices at the end. you got to choose somebody to betray. So that would be, that would fit under the classification that we're saying, RPG. Well, then the next question would be, once you classify something as RPG, can it not be anything else? Is there, is there no looter shooter aspects to Cyberpunk at all? None at all. Does it have even a hint of looter shooter? Even teeny bit? Does it have any, any, does it, is, is it a shooter? Right? I mean, is it a shooter? You got guns. Guns are built into the HUD. Guns are built into the game. All the animations, all the things you can do. If we didn't have these, uh, room playing board games, we wouldn't have these video games. So the RPG games are more different, but still, uh, our punk is a shooter RPG game. Oh, Cyberpunk is a shooter RPG game. 
Yo, good morning, Abe. How are you going? How are you doing? Never thought I'd say I was hyped for Cyberpunk. It's a weird day, isn't it? It's a weird day, isn't it, Abe? Good morning, Sven. Spider-Man's absolutely an open-world action RPG. Yeah, that's an open-world action RPG. I think that's fair to say. Ghost of Tsushima's open-world action RPG. Sure. RPG will be compared to D&D. It's the more hardcore fans that you probably won't agree on some things which defines an RPG. But isn't this why we have different RPGs? You have CRPG, you have ARPG... I think we should have WRPG. I think we should have Western RPG and JRPG because I think there's a difference in style and there's a difference in what you do. I don't think JRPG is at all um, meant to seem like Japanese-based RPGs are somehow less than. I think they're different and I think that's important to know. Just like calling something an action RPG does not mean it's like less than another RPG. Ghost and Spider-Man are definitely not RPGs. Sure they are. You have level, you have skills, you have abilities, you, you you change exactly what you're doing. That's that's those are markers of an RPG. They literally call themselves that, do they not? I, I would imagine Spider-Man does. I mean I could be wrong, but I would imagine that it classifies itself as an action RPG. Open world action RPG, the reason why we have to call it that is why the category is pointless without bright defining lines. No, I don't agree with that. I think at this point, when you hear RPG, you assume you will be leveling up to some degree. There will be some semblance of a skill tree with abilities, and that's pretty much it. And I think that that's okay. I think that's fine. I don't think you need bright lines for stuff like that. Uh, let's see. Open world action. Um... Yeah, they don't have it classified on here. They're just talking about it. On the Spider-Man... I'm looking on the Spider-Man Steam page. Strategy RPG? Just because there are levels and skill trees does not make it an RPG. You're not the definer of RPG, though. The gaming community and gaming developers are... are, 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 I, I think they are collectively the definer. You are not. A single person cannot be the arbiter of this because we have to have understanding and right now we have understanding. When someone says action RPG I know what they mean. Now you can straighten your glasses and say actually that's not an RPG but with all due respect nobody cares about that. Like pedantically defining bright lines of what is and isn't an RPG doesn't lead to a greater understanding or greater communication. It's just arguing for the sake of arguing. When someone says that Spider-Man or Horizon is an action RPG, that I know exactly what they mean. I'm not confused. I'm not like, well, that's strange. I know exactly what they're saying. We're having an understanding, which means we don't need to adjust definitions or get pedantic about it. That's why I think this discussion is worth having because it's like, some of y'all get so narrow, it's like, that's just disruptive to the conversation. So I can say that Cyberpunk is both a shooter and an RPG. And that's not, that shouldn't be confusing to anybody. That should not be confusing to anybody. If that's confusing, you're being willfully confused. Like, you're choosing to be confused. That's very straightforward. It's like, oh, it's an RPG. That means there's skills, there's skill points, there's abilities. I level up. Oh, it's a shooter? Yeah, one of the main ways you can play the game the entire time is with guns. It's a shooter. Now, you can avoid the guns and play with a sword or a hammer. 
that doesn't mean it's suddenly not a shooter there's plenty of games you can play with guns that you can play pacifist the ability to play pacifist doesn't mean it's not a shooter watering down RPG isn't helpful true RPGs are unique and most games have taken many elements but don't have them at all why is watering you're claiming it's a watering down and you're claiming it's not helpful so you're claiming two things I need your premise to be defended how is it watering down to applied in different ways CRPG ARPG like we're, we're applying it in different avenues we're saying well this is an action RPG right it's like calling something a rom-com it's a romantic comedy we're, we're modifying comedy it's a dramedy right some of these shows that would get suddenly serious on you and you'd be like oh my gosh I suddenly care about these characters it's kind of got drama elements it's got comedy elements the Office, Parks and Rec, Modern Family, these these would be considered dramedies. We're sort of creating hybrids. Why? Well, because that's how you define something. You grab its classifications, its qualifications, its identity markers, and you try to classify it. What kind of rock is this? What kind of plant is this? What kind of mammal is this? You would look at it and you would try to come up with all the classifications. Are certain card games not also tabletop games? There doesn't have to be... Uh, hard partitions between things when people argue over the definition of something then it hasn't been defined properly no I think it's been defined properly I think people are being needlessly pedantic about it I think it's need you're being needlessly pedantic no one's confused when someone says Horizon Forbidden West is an action RPG no one's like what do you mean I don't know RPGs are tabletop dice rolling games where you determine the outcome of the story I'm really confused does that happen in Horizon Forbidden West? You, nobody, Nobody's confused by that. We all know what it means. Refusal to accept a an accepted colloquialism is doesn't mean we haven't reached a consensus. It just means you're being stubborn about it. Yo, what's good, A9S9? How have you been, man? Haven't seen you in a while. Penguins are kind of like birds, but they don't fly. It's a watered-down bird. Right, Ape? I don't think Spider-Man is an RPG. Your enemies don't have levels, but I think definition of RPG is changing. RPG Guide. Six types of role-playing games from Hilly. So, uh, Masterclass.com has an article about it. He says, this makes sense to me. What elements does an RPG must have to be an RPG according to you? I think the minute you level up and have a skill tree, you, you're that's an RPG of some kind. Of, of some kind. It's, you're grabbing RPG elements and you're baking them into their game. It's, it's like a hybrid. Action games of old, you would just sort of go and that was it. And you would like change your, your stuff. Like you'd be like, okay, it's an action game. I'm from behind. It's focused on the moment to moment action. Like it's a third person camera view. And that's it. That's the game. Now, you might get different loot. You might get different equipment. But generally speaking, that's it. Like, classic classic action games of old. I would say maybe like Ocarina of Time and Tomb Raider, right? It's more of an action-style game. You're, you're third person. It's focused on moment-to-moment action. And you get different things as you play. It's, it's more of an emphasis on, like, the combat. Now, if you take a game like that and you're like, I got an idea. Let's bake into it. 
leveling up a skill tree, abilities, a loot table, the loot levels up, the enemies level up, you're baking RPG into the action game. Don't you see? What? No, 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 no. We need bright lines. No, we don't. You're, you're baking elements of that into the game. We need, a, we need a way to classify this game. It's an action game, but it's more than an action game. It's, it's, I'm sorry, it's more than an action game. It's got all these things baked into it. So Cyberpunk is like, okay, it's a shooter, but it's also an RPG. But it's all, like, you know what I'm saying? You're grabbing other things from other games. It's also narrative-driven. It also has dialogue trees. It bonkers to see games with a crap ton of modern RPG elements, and people are like, that's not an RPG. Yeah, okay. Go play OG Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy 1 and come back. Key elements of an RPG, Sven found a definition here that says story and setting, exploration and quest, items and inventory, characters, actions and abilities, experience and levels, combat, interface and graphics. Yeah, combat, just combat just listed. Solemn says, choices you make in Cyberpunk do affect that ending of the game that you get, and there is more than two endings. It also changes the quest that you get. Right, yeah, they talked about that in the Phantom Liberty reviews. Apparently, you had a pretty hard decision at the end. Guys, we're about an hour in, and the uh, the update 2.0 goes live in about 15 minutes. We're going to download that update, and we are going to be checking it out and playing it. While we wait for that, make sure you're smashing the like button. It helps out the video. Consider gifting some members. The next single gifted member is a layup for the 20 bomb. Some of the big boys have been hanging out. We'll see if they'll take the bait. Now let's have this discussion in multiple languages and see how dumb it is to argue about it. Semantics would really get people worked up. Yo, what's good, Brap? Good to see you. I played games from the 90s that have been doing the same thing that action games have now. Levels, skill trees, uh, skill trees, etc. Yeah, I mean... So from the article, we have video game console RPGs, like original RPGs from, from, from back in the day, from like Atari. Then you have single-player RPGs, massive multiplayer online RPGs, action RPGs, sandbox RPGs, tactical RPGs, and roguelike RPGs. Can the DLC be nominated? Oh, can DLC be nominated for Game of the Year? No, isn't um would would this put them in a category for ongoing support? Doesn't the game awards have a ongoing support category? This might put them in that category. I don't know. Is there is there there's not a DLC category, is there? Matt Poretta with a 10-month membership renewal. Thank you so much. I don't think you can nominate DLC, no. I don't even know if the remake, uh, Resident Evil remake potentially could get nominated, but the year is, the year is stacking up. It's going to be tough to get in. I don't know if there's a best DLC category, because that, that would be kind of a thin category some years. You'd have like four things, maybe, to put in there. They do? They do have a DLC category? I mean, this will probably win then. They could probably also nominate this for, like, voice acting. Like, uh, voice acting, writing, directing, maybe? I don't know. Ongoing support implies live service. It does. That's why I was asking. Like, I don't know if it could win that or not. Me and RPG is more dialogue-focused with dialogue trees and choices. I think they have a Labor of Love award. DLC gets you that. Okay. Well, here, hang on. Fuzzy's got the categories for us. 
They've got Game of the Year, Best Game Direction, Best Narrative. I don't know if it could get nominated for Narrative. Art Direction, maybe. Score and Music, maybe. Audio Design, probably not. Best Performance, now that could go to Idris Elba, uh, obviously, but he's going to have some tough competition. Games for Impact, Best Ongoing, Best Indie, Best Mobile, Best Community Support, Innovation and Accessibility, Best VR, AR, Best Action Game, Best Action Adventure, Best Role Playing, Best Fighting, Best Family, Best Sim, Best uh, Best Sim Strategy, sorry, Best Sports and Racing, Best Multiplayer, Content Creator of the Year, Best Debut Indie, Best Adaptation, Most Anticipated Game, Best Esports, Best Esports Athlete, Best Esports Team, Esports Coach, Esports Event. Yo, Zachary with the layup. There it is. Taking us to 5 out of 25. Tempting one of the big boys. That's an easy score right there. Just putting it in at the 5. Anybody can drop a 20 bomb right now and slam it home to 25. Victim is my new favorite role. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Last of Us has almost all the elements of an RPG, but you'd never call it an RPG. I mean, okay. Here, here's my thought on that, Eugene. It's not just that it has those things. It's how those things are utilized. Do you see? If if you have is Lono reading the phone book no if you thank you Zachary guy for that gifted membership by the way I shouted it out but I don't know if I said your name Abe is gonna go ahead and bump it to six and he says nope he says no layups no layups today and well the layup would be agents of chaos now because it would take us to 26 and into the next era thank you so much Abe and it goes to toilet engineer uh, ben Starr from Final Fantasy 16 will definitely get nominated for best performance. Probably. He'll probably win it, I mean. Uh, I think story RPG should be a subcategory too. Yeah, like a story-driven RPG. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, The Last of Us implements those things for sure. For sure, it implements elements of the RPG, but you wouldn't call it an RPG. Why? Well, because it's more story-driven. You're more on rails in that game. You're you're not necessarily you're not necessarily driving the outcome in the story. But you are in a game like Spider-Man. You are in a game like Ghost of Tsushima. You on rails like in Spider-Man. Spider-Man is not on rails at all. It's an open world game with tons of side activities, side quests and side stories. It's not on rails in the least bit. Tell me you've not played the game without telling me you've not played the game. A five bomb comes in from the bright side. Speaking of goes to Tsushima, we use Jin on the five bomb, taking us to 11 members on the day. That's about the halfway point of the first 25. Thank you so much, bright side. You assume the role of Joel. Right, but Eugene, we just said the uh, we just said earlier, just because you assume the role of a character doesn't make it an RPG. We have accepted that in games, if they have certain markers, you would say, "Oh yeah, that has RPG elements. It's an action RPG." D Dizzle with a single gifted member hits it up to twelve members on the day. Thank you so much, D Dizzle. If you have a skill tree, if you have abilities, if you level up, like think of it from this perspective. When you're leveling up and you have a skill tree, you choose where those skill points go. That's quite literally the foundations of most modern video game RPGs. Like every RPG that exists 
in the last 15 years has some semblance of you choose where your skill points go. Whether it's Mass Effect or Skyrim, right? Darth Nihilus gifts a single membership. Thank you so much. And it goes to PMP. Thank you very, very much. Let's go back over here and bump the line to 13. Action RPGs with a heavy emphasis on combat. This genre of RPG tends to focus more on battles and less on character or story. Examples of action RPGs with popular combat systems include The Legend of Zelda, Dark Souls, and Mass Effect. Wait, did that just say with a pop with an emphasis on battles and less on character or story and they included Mass Effect? Who wrote that article? You cannot roleplay a pre-designed character with an already established backstory. But you're being rigid with the word roleplay. Right? I mean, we, we can get we can get a little crass here. You can roleplay as a character that you are not, right? You can roleplay as a I don't know. You want to roleplay as a as a French maid. That's not something that that's a pre-baked character you didn't create that character you didn't create that cliche or that trope but you can role play like you see what i'm saying the the word role play doesn't necessitate you creating the character from scratch that's not that's not how we use that term or that word in other in other in other avenues the role is already defined you don't create it yeah you're playing a role did you come up with the idea of a wizard did you come up with the idea of a bard or a barbarian? Those are predetermined roles, and you're playing that role. You don't have to create the character from scratch. I missed the Witchfire gameplay. Was it any good? I really liked it. I was really vibing with it. It's good. It's really, really good. That thing, I think that'll do well on console if they can get the controls right, especially. I had to tweak it a teeny bit, but it feels really nice. If that's the case, then every game can be an RPG. No, no, you're putting words in my mouth. What I'm what I'm saying is, is that you can define a game as an RPG when it checks boxes that RPG games have. Go back to traditional RPG. When it first came on the scene, what were you doing? You would pick a character. That character could level. That character has different abilities. That character has different powers. And you take those things in the direction that you want. When a video game lets you do that, it's fair to say, yeah, that's an RPG. I'm getting to choose what this predetermined character, where his skill points go, where his abilities go. That's no different than a classic tabletop. You're doing the same dadgum thing. All of the old school video game RTGs gave you predefined characters. Fighter Mage, Ninja, Final Fantasy 1, dudes in here saying OG of OG video game RPGs aren't RPGs. Right, and that's the thing. Picking between Fighter, Mage, and Ninja is no different than sitting down to play D&D with the boys and picking between a bard or a wizard. You're doing the same thing. It's a predetermined character. You didn't come up with that. You created the idea of a bard or a wizard? No, it's predetermined. You're playing within the confines of the predetermined rules and roles of game. That's no different than a video game. 
when you're using it in the context of gaming, we mean we are making choices about things based on who you think the character is. Joel doesn't give you choices, even if you pretend you're him. Yeah, but Horizon Forbidden West gives you choices, and you're pretending to be Aloy. There are times in games like Spider-Man where they give you choices. You choose what mission to go on, what mission to not go on. Zuby working? I don't know. He's been showing up later. I wasn't even... <laughs> he probably thinks I'm mad at him. I wasn't even mad at him. I just didn't have the energy. Xbox streams absolutely zapped my energy. I had no energy. I was like, I don't I don't want to do this. <laughs> I just shut down. I was like, I don't have the energy. I wasn't even mad. I mean, that's not true. I was mad, but I wasn't like, I'm mad at you. It was like, I'm not doing this. I'm, I was just fed up. <laughs> Personally, I would never call Spider-Man or Tilu an RPG even though they technically have some of the things that would define an RPG. Tara says, so what are the boxes then? And what's the threshold? Are all the boxes weighted the same? The idea of, I play the game as me, is a a modern importation into RPGs. The old school thought was, you jumped in and played the role of the character, not of you. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to say... If you're going to say that it's just playing the role of a character, that's too generic because that touches every game. That touches Mario. That touches E.T. Every game you are playing the role of a character. Well, not every game. The lion's share of video games. The vast majority of games. So we can't start there. That's the ground most games stand upon. Okay? That's the ground that most games stand upon. We have to go above that. And you have to ask the question, what do you do with this character? What do you do? What are the what are the availability uh, what's the availability of choices and options for this character? What can you do? What? Well, if it's Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario Brothers 3, you can run and jump and, com- and complete levels, and within each level, there you know there are varying degrees of like things you can use to make yourself stronger or faster. Okay, Brissick comes in with the ten bomb and takes us to twenty three members on the day. It's been a while since we've had a massive member train, and Rissick's given a little bit of a poke to the bear to see if we can't get things going. Is Hogwarts an RPG? Then, of course, it's an RPG. You literally create your character, give your character a name, the character levels up, and you have skills that you choose to use or not use. As soon as you get past your playing as a character, the next question is, well, what can you do? Well, or I would actually say, what can you do as you play? Well, as you play, you level up. Okay, then what? You have skill points that you can spend in a skill tree. Okay, those are the markers of an RPG. A five bomb from Rissick as he says, let's secure the first 25 all by myself. But not only that, he is the agent of chaos. He pushes us past the 25 bomb. And next up is the 50 goal. Thank you so much, Rissick. Don't you see? The minute you get past base level commonality of games, I am controlling a character single gifted member from DK Bager. Thank you very much, DK. We have not really had a chance to break these alerts yet. You guys making me push them like crazy. We should really take it through the ringer. 
So the minute you get past the base level of like you play as a character, okay, then what? The minute you have skills and a skill tree and you're leveling up, those are RPG elements. Where else did we get those ideas? Where do, where do those ideas come from? Where do you think? 28's Agent of Chaos. Any member gift, Abe, that pushes us past 25 is the Agent of Chaos. We're using a little too loosey-goosey. I think I'm in charge. Like, if... Is, is secure an RPG? I'm curious. Yeah, you would say it's an RPG. You get skills. You can have a completely different build than me in Sekiro. You can invest in completely different skills and abilities than me. Based on where you put your points and when you when you earn them. A five bomb from Keithius and takes us to 34. Thank you so much, Keithius. Update just dropped. Okay, let me let me switch my monitor. Like, don't you see what I'm saying? It's like if if the minute you go beyond base level, I can't get it just yet. Parasito! With the five bomb. Thank you so much, Parasito. Unless it already downloaded, which I highly doubt. Taking us to 39. Yeah, mine's mine's not going. Unless mine already went. Hang on. It could be rolling out regionally. Yeah, I'm still on the old version. I'll just keep checking for update. Um, And thank you, Parasito, for the five bomb. I wouldn't call Sekiro an RPG. Uh, they refer to it as an action adventure game on the wiki. The official website, I don't know what the official website says. Uh, the wiki says action adventure. Again, I think it would be okay to say it's an action adventure game with RPG elements. A 10 bomb from Parasito. And speaking of Sekiro, there is. Ishin, he is our 10 bomb mascot, putting us on the doorstep of 50. Thank you very much, Parasito. Hang on, hang on. Mine's saying please wait for a while here. That's a big one. Thank you, Paris. There we go. Okay, mine's downloading now. 17 gig update. That's a sticking point for me. RPGs don't make RP, um, RPGs for me. Genres have gotten so blurred. Isn't this why saying Isn't this why saying what it is first is so important? Keithius brings it home with a single gifted member and pushes us to 50. Now Agent of Chaos dangles in front of you. Who is going to take the moniker that pushes us past 50? Yeah, mine mine's downloading. Here I'll show you. Mine is currently downloading right there. Parasito takes it. <laughs> Parasito takes Agent of Chaos and pushes us to 51. And that means the next goal is 75. I can give you guys a member count too because you guys were at 2,600 this this morning. I think that probably pushes us closer to the uh, the 3,000 goal. The current goal of 3,000 is uh, for Fight Night. And I will update that. Uh, that that 2,600 will probably need to be updated fairly soon here. Because you, you guys are going big today. 2670. You're 30 away from 2700. 
2670. What's good, Feed? Good to see you in the chat. All those classic turn-based RPGs don't have dialogue choices. Yeah, dialogue choices can't be it. See, to me, to me, it's like this is what I feel like we're saying. It's an action movie. Okay? It's an action movie. But then you determine the number of things that need to happen for it to be an action movie. We need shootouts, explosions, and car chases. And you're like, that game didn't have that 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 movie didn't have any car chases. It's not an action movie. I feel like that's what we're doing. We're like listing these things that we think and it's like, well, no, it, it has the elements of an RPG. It has the elements of an action movie. So it's okay to call it that. Keenan with 10 months says, thank you for the gift and thank you so much. I mean, even in the realm of horror movies, I would expect this to be a debate, right? There's, there's slashers. There's, there's, there's different levels of horror, right? For me, defining aspect of an RPG is whether your choices matter, and if your choices don't change the story, and if your skill trees can be leveled on the same playthrough. Oh, all leveled. A five bomb comes in from Zach Johnson. Thank you guys so much. You guys are pushing it. You're making me push these 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 alert buttons a little bit more. Thank you so much, Zach Johnson, for adding five more members to the pile. We have multiple tiers of milestones now. This one here is Fight Night. Madam and I play a game against each other. We just did that last week with Mortal Kombat. This is Fright Night where we play a scary game. That's 3,500. And then the big one is Community Game Night. We'll play a game night with you. That's a 4,000. Now, this week, you guys are getting the Jar Jar stream. I, I'm going to be playing uh, Beat Saber with the Jar Jar mask. We couldn't get, find a costume. There, like, aren't any, which is incredible to me. Yo, what's good, JC? How are you? I think you have clearly defined character in terms of personality and history. It's hard to argue that you're playing a role. A game like Cyberpunk, you're choosing V's backstory and personality. Right, but like Borderlands is an RPG. You pick Axton, but then I can't level everything, every single skill tree. I have to level into and build uh, a different... Uh, basically, I'm building a, a class and a, I'm building a character. And then the guns have level and the guns have traits. These are all hallmarks of an RPG. They're all hallmarks of an RPG. I'm not going to tell you how to define games for yourself, but for us as a gaming community, looking at a game like Horizon Forbidden West and saying it's an action RPG nobody's confused nothing needs to be defined nobody needs to interrupt the conversation and say actually like that's not necessary we all know what we mean that's the point of having categories and terms and vernacular and colloquialisms why in order to communicate so when i say that's an action rpg you're not like well hang on a minute there Let me get out my dictionary of terms. No, no, you can't change the story. Like, okay, that's fine for you, but in general for conversation, for categorization, and for conversation, and for discussion, and for dialogue, all we need are understandable terms, and we have that. Is anybody confused by, by JRPG or CRPG or Action RPG? Is anybody confused by that? 
What about turn-based RPG? Is that confusing? Do you need me to define that? Yeah, I'm getting the download right now, Donnie. Thank you. It's like that with music. Black Sabbath was, was the first metal band, but the genres evolved so much, it sounds so different from the things... Yeah, and people try to draw bright lines about what's metal and what's not. I've had those debates before. They hurt my head. Who's confused here? But that's what I'm saying. Like, why do we need these bright lines? Yo, Alex is in the chat. Oh, no, it's Alex says, to be an RPG, you have to play a role, whether it's a character personality, chaotic neutral, lawful good, or a class role like tank, DPS, healer. Both are in D&D and pieces, uh, and they're used in other games. That's exactly my point. Like, you can play Borderlands, and you're playing the role of a siren. And the Siren has completely, even within the class of Siren, the Siren has very different ways of playing because you have different trees with different capstones. You can play Horizon Forbidden West and play completely differently than me. You can focus purely on melee and scavenging. And I'm going to focus purely on hunting. I'm sorry, like the the bow and and my abilities within the bow. Like I think it's like a hunter's tree and like healing. Like hunter healer. And then, like, you can be, like, stealthy scavenger. And we play completely differently th- than, e- than each other. Now, I agree that sometimes the RPG element is an illusion because you get to the end of the game and you have every skill. Right now, the way I'm playing Jedi Survivor, I maxed out my heavy guard stance and I maxed out the blaster stance and now I'm maxing out how much force powers I have. I've not spent anything in single saber, double saber, or dual blade saber like Darth Maul. I haven't spent a dime in those, not a single skill point. I'm playing a particular role. I am Cal Kestis, the the blaster-toting, heavy saber-toting, force-using Jedi, and you could play completely differently than me. So that's what I'm saying is I I don't think anybody looks at like Jedi Survivor or Forbidden West or even cyberpunk and it's like oh, I don't understand why you're calling it an RPG it's not really an RPG unless it does X Y and Z it's like I think within video games man we have enough flexibility of these terms to call something an RPG I think it's actually helpful to say this is a CRPG this is a JRPG this is a action RPG because that's a style choice right that's not a role Surely it's a role. The role of a healer is to do what? Use their abilities to heal, right? The role of a tank is to do what? Push forward and tank the damage. The role of the DPSer is to do what? Use their abilities to dole out more DPS. So if I spec into the Siren in Borderlands, the Siren is meant to do crowd control. Now there's various ways to do crowd control. The uh, acting character... He's meant to be, like, gun-focused, DPS-focused. Now, they're not, like, super rigid roles. It's not, like, as rigid as, like, the healer in Overwatch. You know exactly what she's going to be doing. She's healing. Or, like, when you play a game like Elder Scrolls Online, and you're like, no. Oh, you mean in Jedi Survivor? Even in... But here's the thing, though. Even in Jedi Survivor that I'm playing right now, I am playing a role... Because I'm a Jedi that has a certain way of attacking every encounter. Aggression, heavy, I'm breaking their guard all the time. I'm just wailing on them with this big, huge cross guard saber. Why? Well, that's my role. I'm playing that role. I'm playing an aggressive, damage-focused role as opposed to a more finessed, more reserved, more defensive role. 
You could even spec into max health in Jedi Survivor and max force and play more of like a tanky force push, force pull role and you'd be playing completely differently than me. A role can be defined by the style with which you play because that's ultimately what a role is. Your role is Jedi. You're choosing different abilities for the role of your Jedi. But there's different ways to be a Jedi. There's different ways to be a healer. There's different ways to be a tank. You can be a tank with... there. I mean, I remember when I was playing New World, you could play tank DPS. You could play tank healer. You could kind of dabble in both. So even those lines aren't that bright sometimes because you can kind of pick and choose between the two. You can you can dabble in both trees and in both roles. So there's not like, nope, you're a healer and you're nothing else. No, I can kind of play both. So I'm not just a Jedi. I can be a Jedi that purely focuses on tons of health so I can tank and tons of force so I can push, pull, and shove. The way to make Jedi Survivor an RPG would be through personality traits and character traits but I don't think you need that to be an RPG. I think that's an element of RPGs. I don't think that that's necessary. There are no personality traits and character traits in uh, in Skyrim. Well, I mean, I guess you could say character traits, but those are just skill trees. Those are just skill trees. There's no personality traits. You're just... Now, within your dialogue choices, you could I, I guess you could determine that you're going to be like an aggressive, rude person. But ultimately, Borderlands, same deal. Borderlands is an RPG. Diablo is an RPG. I'm not, I'm not having, I'm not having uh, personality traits in those games. Andy Ackerman with a five spot. You again, YouTube's bound to determine to make me like you. Thank you very much. A lot of games take elements from RPGs, which definitely muddies the waters when you see proper RPGs like Baldur's Gate 3. And this is why I think you have classifications. You can have a romantic comedy. You can have a you can have a steamy romance. You can have a dramedy. You can have a drama. You can have a comedy. You can have a CRPG, an action RPG, turn-based RPG. In Skyrim, you can play the role of any character you would like. I have a character that is Emperor Palpatine and I cast lightning on everyone. Right, and in Jedi Survivor, I can play the role of a Jedi that has no desire to use his lightsaber. He's all about the Force. That's a completely different type of Jedi. Like you're going within the character, you're going within the character and creating your own type, your own role. You can do that in Borderlands. I'm playing the role of a siren, but there are there's cataclysmic siren, uh, there's support oriented siren. Same with Axton. Axton is the soldier, but then you can play as damage focused, support focused. Like you go within the predetermined role, but then you 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 use your skill points and you come up with an expression of like what you think that character or role should be doing. So that's why I'm like I think it's important to say. There are different types of RPGs. Go back to the original Final Fantasies. Are those not RPGs? Because there's no dialogue choices. You can't, like, choose a certain uh, story arc or character arc, but it's a classic, old-school, turn-based RPG. Like, we're retroactively acting like some of the most famous RPGs aren't RPGs, are we not? 
I'm always playing the role of Shepard in Mass Effect. I'm always Shepard. I can be the floozy, gun-toting, cocky Shepard. I can be the chaste and diplomatic, peaceful Shepard. I'm always Shepard, though. Right? I'm always Cal Kestis in Jedi Survivor, but I can choose to play completely differently, spec out my skill trees completely differently, and be and be a completely different Cal Kestis than you. Shepard and Mass Effect, same deal. I'm always Shepard, but my Shepard's different than your Shepard because I'm like being really nice and really kind and really diplomatic, and I'm friends with everybody. You're aggressive, cocky, renegade, sleeping around. Both of our experiences are vastly different. Would we not classify Mass Effect as an RPG? I don't get it. It's like we branch off the tree in certain directions and people want to be like, no, 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 you're not attached to the RPG tree. It's like, why not? Your decisions as Shepard change the story. You can't say that about Jedi Survivor. But that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about building the character itself. You can 100% build the character differently than me. Same way you can in Borderlands. Same way you can in... Okay, so choices matter? Then then Final Fan- the original Final Fantasies are not RPGs then. Don't you see what you're doing? You're going to you're gonna have to commit the argument of special pleading. You're going to have to commit the argument and the fallacy of special pleading. Because what you're doing right now is you're denying, you're denying some of the most classic RPGs as RPGs. You can't change the outcome of the story in Final Fantasy. The old school turn-based Final Fantasies. You can't do it. They're not RPGs according to what you just said. Because I can spec my characters, choose different abilities, choose different ways I outfit my team, and but I can't change the outcome of the story. So therefore, it's not an RPG. Mass Effect's an RPG. Jedi Survivor's not an RPG. Why? Well, because you can change the outcome of what happens with your choices. Okay, can't do that in Final Fantasy. You just argued that Final Fantasy's not an RPG. That's why these bright lines are unhelpful. Because you can't be consistent. There's no way you can be consistent. You are going to inevitably wipe something off the table as not an RPG that has always been considered an RPG. It's unavoidable. That's why I think it should be more about identity markers of the game determining how we classify it. This is a turn-based RPG. This is a isometric top-down turn-based RPG. This is a action RPG. You do create a shepherd. It's always a shepherd, though. It's always shepherd. I can make Cal Kessis look a variety of different ways. I can make him look crazy if I want. There's all sorts of customization options in the game. I don't create it from scratch like you do shepherd, but that's the point. Yeah, you guys are making Diablo. Diablo's not an RPG. Can't change the outcome of the story in Diablo. You don't have, like, dialogue choices and interactions in Diablo. You picked in Diablo 3 or Diablo 2. I picked the Druid, and that's it. I can build a Fissure Druid. I can build a Summoning Druid. But I'm a Druid.
Alapark says, game classification to me has always been the main mechanisms the game is using. RPGs are games where you earn experience and gain skills as the main mechanism for gaining power. The term RPG was historically turn-based combat. Action RPGs removes turn-based and makes the combat real-time. Shooters, the main mechanism for gaining power is the guns. Picking up new and different guns can make you powerful. Action games focus on hand-eye and motor skills to overcome challenges. What's the main mechanisms? And if you grab from all those mechanisms, you end up with an action RPG shooter. Like, you can have an action, an action, first-person shooter, RPG. First-person shooter, action, RPG. Like, you're grabbing all those things and saying, this is what I made. Diablo isn't really an RPG, though. Its original classification was hack and slash. How, how is... And this is why I think this discussion's fun, because we always end up in crazy town. To me... We are now in crazy town if Diablo's not an RPG. <laughs> We're in crazy town. We've established through y'all's own argumentation, some of y'all in chat, we've established now that Diablo is not an RPG and neither are the classic turn-based Final Fantasies. They're not RPGs. I'm, I'm applying your logic. I'm not saying that. You've backed yourself into a corner. Final Fantasy is not an RPG. Mackie says it. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. I don't think anybody would agree with you. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that. There probably are people that agree with you, but I don't Again, it's all about classification and categorization is intended to have clear communication. That sounds like a real fancy PowerPoint presentation that you're going to hear in like your first semester at college, right? Yeah. <laughs> Communication majors are like groaning, okay? Classification and categorization is the key to clear communication. We need those things. Just add a J in front of it. JRPG is not equal to RPG. That doesn't make any sense. It has RPG in it. That's like saying a romantic comedy is not a comedy. What? Like, that's confusing. With your... Uh, definition, Last of Us is an RPG, Secure is an RPG, GTA 5 is an RPG. What doesn't sit, That doesn't sit well with me personally. No, with my definition, you could say all of those games have RPG elements. Isn't that easy? Now we have understanding when I say that. I'm not saying, yep, those are RPGs. I've never said that. I would, you wouldn't say that. See, what I do is I create an atmosphere of nuance so you could say yeah man Sekiro's awesome it's really action focused really really good game great combat and it has RPG elements you know action RPG light see what I'm doing is is I'm allowing for you to kind of cobble together a categorization or a classification so that we have understanding sure The Last of Us has RPG elements. It's a narrative-driven action game with RPG elements. We don't communicate like we have limited characters. I mean, we do, but you get my point, right? We're not like doing Morse code where I'm like, we got to keep the character limit down here. So this game is either an RPG or it's not. These are called false dichotomies. These are called false binaries. I don't believe a game is either an RPG or it isn't. It's like, 
Well, no, it, it could be turn-based RPG, it could be a classic RPG, it could be a JRPG, it could be an ARPG. It could be an isometric dungeon crawler with RPG elements. It, it, it allows for you to classify and categorize a game so somebody isn't, like, confused. Like, what is that? What do you do in that game? So when someone says, yeah, Horizon Forbidden West, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man, these are like open-world action-adventure RPGs or, or uh, you know, action RPGs. No one's like, what does that mean? Am I rolling dice? Is it turn-based? Can I change the outcome of the story? No one's confused by that. You know exactly what I'm conveying. Horizon's an action game with RPG elements. Or, you could classify it the way that they do, since they made the dadgum game. They call it an action RPG. Guerrilla Games classifies that game as an action role-playing game. I feel like they're in a better, you know, position to determine what their game is. Like, if you direct a movie, and you're like, this is a rom-com, and I'm like, yeah, but not really, it's not, it's more, it's more of an action flick. It's like, no, I made the movie, I can classify it as I want. Is Persona a true RPG? I don't find the uh, modifier true helpful. What does true RPG mean? I don't think that's helpful. Wondering how we got on this topic. Well, because a review roundup of something that's not up uh, out yet is is hard to go the distance. So we're buying time while the uh, while the Cyberpunk update is uh, is downloading. Uh, mine's installing right now. Mine is installing right now. I should probably schedule the uh, it's installed. Okay, let's go in here and let's take a look and check for an update. Make sure there's no more. All right, let's go in here and go to information. We are now on the 2.0 version of the game. Let me schedule. It's a false RPG. Yeah, I'm not looking for consensus or agreement, Abe. I'm simply establishing that the way that we can have communication and clarity about this is by leaving room. You have to leave room. The minute you go rigid, and here's the grand irony, the minute you go rigid, you actually make it harder for anybody to understand what in the frick you're talking about. What you're doing is is antithetical to communication. That's not a true RPG. That's not a real RPG. RPG is this to me. With all due respect, nobody gives a frick what your definition is. If we're going to come together as gamers and have communication and conversations, your definition is pointless. It's pointless because nobody else shares that definition. What we do share is a common understanding of what certain character markers and identity markers of games are. What what, it, what we know when someone says that's a top-down turn-based RPG. No one's like, huh? Like, we know what that means. We can have understanding. You, What you do is antithetical to understanding when you draw your own bright lines it's like well no one's ever going to share those we can get approximation of of categorization and approximation of 
classification if we use that as how we talk about games instead of well this is my own way of defining it well okay i mean that's fine for you if that helps you determine what game to buy what game not to buy great great i'm I'm happy for you the rest of us aren't going to do that because it's because we we don't have your brain in your in your categories Theme tags for Horizon Zero Dawn, open uh, open world adventure, action, developer tags, open world, action RPG, shooter, action adventure. Just look at the definition that they wrote, Parasito. It's an award-winning action RPG. Like that, they wrote that. That flavor text is from them. I mean, I... That's what I'm saying. Like, the, even their own, even in their own flavor text definition, that old, that old box, that box of text, that's it. That's, that's what they call it. A 10 spot from King Sovereign. At the end of the day, the term is amorphous and it depends on how all the systems interact with one another. It reminds me of the term, you know, when you see it. Oh, you know it when you see it. The phrase, right. I never was making a rigid line on any game. I was simply trying to imply that saying something is one thing when it is primarily something else is misleading. Communication is key, as you said, but the primary element, in my opinion, should always come first. But that's my point, Lance. That's why I said action RPG. No one says it's an RPG action game. They're like, it's an action RPG. What's that mean? Well, it's an action game first, and it's an RPG second. Holy cow, that's bright. That's what I'm saying. If a game has RPG elements, how many of those elements does it need to be seen as an RPG in your eyes? Well, that's... I I think that's what you... It's case by case. It's case by case. That's why I think my way of looking at it is more conducive to conversation because you can approach every game and say, what are the identity markers? What are the things within the game? How are we going to classify this? Can't wait to come home and play the horror action game Resident Evil 4 with Separate Ways out now. Oh, Separate Ways, yeah, 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 the DLC. Hang on. Okay, we're we're gonna switch gears a little earlier than we typically do. I'm I've already got the the 2.0 update gameplay. Uh, stream scheduled and I've got redirect set up I currently owe you guys 10 members I'm gonna do it now I don't well no you know what I'm gonna do it in the next stream actually I I changed my mind I'm gonna do it in the next stream I owe you guys 10 members and so I'm gonna do it in the next stream but you guys can keep pushing that number you can keep pushing it and we will uh we will obviously um continue to push that number as well as we get closer to the big milestone of 3000 Loving Lies to Peace so much, can't put it down. I'm feeling that way with Jedi Survivor, and I and I think I'll end up going back to Lies of P one day. Uh, but after after Survivor, I'll probably go back to Final Fantasy 16. I might actually go to Lies of P instead while I wait for a Final Fantasy 16 performance patch. The last thing I want to do is like finish Final Fantasy 16 and not have that performance patch. Like that'll be irritating. 
Um, okay. Uh, yeah, the Resident Evil 2 thing is today, isn't it? This is Phantom Liberty. How is nobody using that as a... Okay. It didn't exist exist because they were inaccurate. I got news for you. We knew Mario was a platformer and Final Fantasy was an RPG and Street Fighter was a fighting game. Yeah, we knew what those things were. We had those classifications back then. Nobody was in the dark about what those games were and how to classify them. That's ridiculous. There's over 500 people here. Let's shoot for 400 likes. I'm going to quickly run upstairs and stretch my legs and use the restroom and then I'm going to come back and we are going to jump in. We're going to jump in with a fresh fresh start and we're going to see what it feels like 2.0 gameplay of cyberpunk don't go anywhere and uh, should be a really really good day and we will be doing the writer's room today so those of you that are not aware we plan the next day with member plus and up now if you're a gifted member or you've been on the standard five dollar membership for a long time you can use the upgrade command it's a dollar up it's six bucks we're just trying to get people to jump out of the gifted member pool and we're offering you a brand new segment this is not the members only debrief the members only debrief is for every member but the writer's room is something extra that we do the only reason we haven't been doing members only debriefs is because i haven't been doing uploads because there's been so much gameplay like we played first ascendant then we played Witchfire, and now we're playing cyberpunk so um, we will be doing that shortly, like basically once I, uh, once I come back down. All right. Give me one second. I will be right back.
Okay. All right, I'm going to send my tweets out, my alerts out, and we're going to dive into this. I'm actually kind of excited. Like, I'm, I'm like tentatively hoping that this game can I can I can have like a real genuine start with it because I've fall started with it so many times uh so we're gonna go like that like that like that okay make sure you guys smash the like button on this video but make sure you also smash the like button on the new video that we're going to Gameplay videos have been doing really well this week on the channel, like really, really well, and that's super encouraging. It's because you guys jump in and you support what we're doing. So I will gift members when we get over there as well. If somebody wants to gift members when we get over there, it'll help me kind of piggyback so I don't have to like open up a browser because I can't use my monitor in front of me for that. Thanks so much for checking out this video. We are going to be diving into Cyberpunk 2077 2.0 update fresh brand new game we're going to see how all of the updates play out all the changes and we're going to let you know what we think because this is a great runway to phantom liberty phantom liberty is getting great reviews i did a review rundown if you want to see that my show opening monologue is about 20 minutes or so and i break down what everybody's saying i also talk about some of the controversy about whether or not the review outlets are allowed to use b-roll or their own footage So be sure to check out that video. I'm going to bring everybody over from that video and live discussion into this gameplay session. If you like this video and if it helps you out, show some appreciation and hit the like button and hit subscribe so that way you can be here for my other streams and 